Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Thank you for joining us on the Traveler Blueprint Travel Around discussion where we aim to discuss the beautiful diversity of our planet as it relates to culture, gender, race, the environment, and of course, travel logistics. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. If you are a regular listener, thank you. Briefly, before we get started, if you are listening to this podcast and you are an expert yourself in the travel community or travel industry in any way and are interested in joining a future panel for a future discussion, you can you can submit your information through our website or send us an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com with your name, your website, your credentials, and we can get you on for a future episode. So before we get into the topic today, I want to take a moment to introduce our beautiful panel of guests uh, I'm going to introduce you all one at a time, so please uh, just give a quick summary on where you're located, how you are invested in the travel community, and where people can find you, whether it's your website or your social media handles. So, uh, Leah, why don't, you, why don't you get started for us? Sure. Thanks for having me, you guys. Hi, everyone. I'm Leah, LA in flight on all your social media networks, literally Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. I am an event producer creator and co-host of Ticket to Anywhere podcast, and I host the Nomadic Network events um, in the travel community. So, yeah. Happy Thank to you. Hey, Jeff, what about you? Yeah, I'm Jeff Jenkins. Uh, I'm the founder and curator of Chubby Diaries. Uh, we help chubby people travel the world. Um, you Where can were find you me like 20 on... years ago when I needed it? I'm a chubby <laughs> guy. I need help in that area. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me at Chubby Diaries. Uh, my website is chubbydiaries.com. I'm also uh, one of the founding members of Black Travel Alliance, and I'm a serial entrepreneur living nice. in Austin, Texas. Thank you. Uh, Keshler. Oh, man, I'm on the spot. Okay. You were so quick to, to jump in. I figured I'd, I'd get to you okay. next. All right. Uh, uh, where do I start? Uh, social media, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Lake and Art Tourism. Uh, website, same thing, lakeandarttourism.com. Facebook, I'm fairly new to social media, so and I'm old, so I'm still getting used to everything. Uh, but what I do, I'm a number of things. I am an independent historian. I am a journalist. I am a tour guide, which I was doing this morning. And I'll probably think of a few more titles once I get some more water in me. But, yeah. Again, <laughs> where are you located? Oh, yeah. Look, look, biggest thing. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, 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 there you go. Philly, yeah. East Coast. Philly, Philly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Ariel. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah. Oh, I am Ariel Rose. You can find me on all social media platforms at I'm underscore Ariel Rose. I'm the founder of U Trip and Travel Co., a travel blog focused on traveling frequently and affordably. And I am based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you. So, Today's topic, I, this is a good one, and I think every single person who has ever traveled in their entire life has considered this in some way, and it's travel safety. And we're going to cover this under a few subtopics. Um, one, what are your biggest concerns when it comes to your safety abroad? Being physically harmed or robbed, or, you know, there, there are a ton of different things that we could break this down into. Um, number two is, do men have it easier when it comes to solo travel than women, and why? I think that's going to be an interesting thing to discuss. And then what are some tips and tricks we as pro travelers can provide to people so they can travel safer? I think we're ready to just get started and jump into it. So Ariel, do you want to get us started? 
Sure. So, do you think it's it's harder to travel solo as a woman than a man? Um, I cannot speak on men's behalf, but I would assume that it is like most things more difficult for a female to travel solo. Um, when I have conversations with people that don't really know me and they, I just tell them like how many countries I've been to and whatever, they're like, do you travel by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, cause you can't wait on people and I'm an advocate for solo female travel. Yes. Um, you do have to be, I mean, a female in America walking from the grocery store to her car has to be conscious of her surroundings. So being in a different country, you know, you still have to take those same precautions. Um, there are things you can do. So like a tip is, you know, finding a US um, embassy in whatever country you're going to, um, you can actually give them your itinerary. Um, so that's a really good move to do. But I mean, bottom line, use, use your gut, common sense, you know, your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, don't go that way. Um, and someone should always know like where you are at some point, you know, um, when I was in Peru for a month, I shared my location with like six people, like everyone. I mean, when I'm here, I share my location with those same people. It's just, it's, it's not as crazy for a woman to travel solo as it, uh, like, it, like propaganda, propaganda, like that yeah. it's not safe. You yeah. Know? There's definitely a stigma that women shouldn't travel solo. Right. And but yeah. I'm totally for it. <laughs> but it seems, it seems like any precautions that you take in the United States where you live should be the same precautions you take when traveling abroad and anybody that's traveling abroad has to think about the cultural norms of that location. Absolutely. Plus, so it's not any different than what you're doing now in terms of safety, plus understanding the cultural norms. The only thing, right. Elliot, though, that, that I think people need to consider is if you're abroad, you don't have the resources that you would have if you're home or if you're in your home city, whether that's you know a significant other or just friends and family that you're able to rely on. If you put yourself in a situation where you're in a foreign city and you're a woman who I agree, Ariel, is more susceptible to um, having to deal with a, a, a lot of different things, um, it, it's tough. And and I, I, wanna, I, I stand behind you that women should travel more. And what I'm learning with this podcast and speaking to women travelers is that it can be done. It's not an issue of whether or not you can or can't do it. It's more of an issue of making sure that you take the right precautions. And Elliot, like you said, right. understanding the social norms before you go so you can travel as safe as safely as possible. Ariel, I didn't realize you could send your itinerary to the embassy and have them have them. That have is an copy. awesome tip. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big tip. And I actually learned that from another female traveler um, that's an advocate for solo female travel that you can connect with uh, a U.S. embassy in whatever country that you're going to. Um, and that's extremely, extremely beneficial. Um, and it just gives you a sense of, of safety, even if like it's frivolous in a way, like if you think it is, but it gives you a sense of, of safety. Yeah. That seems to be one of the most important aspects is not just, there's, there's a difference between feeling safe and being safe and feeling safe does make your trip that much better. Because even if you, if you go on a trip you have everything, the place itself is safe, but you don't know that it's safe. You're not going to feel comfortable there until you actually set yourself up to feel safe. Yeah, I just asked like um, on one of my posts, what is your preference for accommodations when you travel as an Airbnb or a hotel? And a lot of females did comment that 
they'll book a hotel if they don't know how safe an area is, um, which I understand. Cause like the first time I was going to go to Mexico, I was going to book an Airbnb and my mom was like, no, stay at a resort. And I was like, but that's her, you know, you know, trying to protect me and whatnot, feeling that I'd be safer on a resort than, you know, an Airbnb where who knows whose property it is. I mean, really, um, or where it's going to be or how you specifically get there as opposed to a shuttle company getting you from the resort from the airport to the resort and whatever yeah. um i mean if you're newer to travel definitely go the route that makes you feel the most safe but if you know you've you know come along precautions that allow you to feel safe as you travel be more of an explorer more of an adventurer um and, and use your intuition yeah something i i, I want to bring up too though i think i think men have the same concerns they're just magnified when you are a woman like i've been places where i'm worried about getting into a physical altercation or being mugged or being confronted in a, a harmful way whatever it may be that women worry about however i i i feel as though in most circumstances i'd be able to defend myself or escape it in some way whereas a woman might not be so men, I do think, I don't know, Jeff or Keshler, you want to add to this. Have you ever traveled and felt unsafe? It depends, not internationally. Yeah, um, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say internationally more so than I would say here in America. Um, I, I felt like uh, well, we have just a history of, uh, of discrimination uh, towards black males uh, in our states, um, and so I've I found it very refreshing that I didn't have those same um, I don't know yeah I didn't have those same like I feel like my life is in danger or I feel like I'm going to be discriminated against being in other in international waters or just being an international country. So do you actually feel safer traveling internationally than you do domestically? Yes. 100%. That's that's a sobering perspective. This is not, Elliot, you brought this up, that like, Elliot and I are two white guys, and we have not really encountered circumstances where we feel uncomfortable all that often. And it's not something that we realized we were living with, because prior to speaking with people like yourselves, who have different different backgrounds and different issues. And so now, obviously, we understand it much clearer than we did before. But I never really, I never in my life have traveled somewhere and felt unsafe because of the color of my skin in my, in my life. Or your gender. Or my gender. And it's just something that you don't think about. And then once you see that other people think about this on a regular basis, it's, it's depressing. Um, it's sad. And especially Jeff having that issue in your own country and then feeling safer traveling abroad is, is. It doesn't give a lot of hope for our country. I mean, I have to add on to what Jeff's saying. Being raised here, I always thought the United States is school. I've graduated. I can survive the United States. I have no problem whatsoever going somewhere else. <laughs> Guess what? A lot of them aren't going to really mess with me, especially like we're bigger guys. We're bigger black men. A lot of people kind of have that fear, like big black guys going to bother me. So they're going to leave me alone and give me my space. Uh, I really don't feel comfortable, especially when I'm in a black country where the government's black and there's other more black faces in majority. I really don't feel bothered whatsoever. So those senses, those wits that you have with you in the United States, I'm not going to go down a dark alley, you know, in the shady part of town. I wouldn't do that in the States. Why would I do that in another country? I'm going to go in a different direction. 
oh, those guys over there, yo, come here. No, nah, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go in a different direction. So like I said, all those wish that you, all those things you've learned here in the United States, or we've learned here in the United States, I'm not going to go and do that in another country. It's just not a good idea. If you're, if you're a person that's not from like an urban area or, or you've never been like really introduced to that part of the United States or those type of dangers, then I tell them, talk to the cab driver, talk to the shuttle driver, talk to the person at the front desk, ask them what's going on. You know, what are the things I should be aware of? You know, let me know, let them put those like thoughts in like, let the, put that information in that person's head so they know what to look out for. So if they do end up in that situation, they know what to look out for. But me personally, I don't feel bothered. I don't feel, I don't bother them. They don't bother me. Interesting. Now, do you think Elliot and I, being two white guys, would have to worry more going to a country in Africa because we look so different than we would in a country, you know, a state going to Louisiana? I don't know, some southern state. Oh, they'll love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They will love you. Mr. I, white I, man, they will love you. I, like, well, well, I've seen well, more white people go to Africa than more black people travel to different parts of Africa. Yeah. They'll love you. They'll say like, oh, welcome. Oh, what are you doing here? They'll be very curious. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I will say I did. I spent six six weeks in Tanzania as part of a study abroad program, and uh, about a week of that was in Dar es Salaam, which is the largest city on the east coast. And I think I felt less uncomfortable or more uncomfortable in this city because there's just a lot more people, and it's not a city that I'm very familiar with. And I think that was the difference. Is even if I travel to a different city in the United States that I'm not totally familiar with it's still somewhat uncomfortable. Like, I don't know all of the good neighborhoods. I don't know all of the bad neighborhoods. But on the flip side of that, when we went out to the very rural part of Tanzania and stayed in a monitoring center, it, we were, I think there were 12 of us in total that were mostly white students from Pennsylvania. And we stood out like a sore thumb, but we had, we were very well received. There were several programs that had come there before so we weren't an abnormality in those towns. And I felt comfortable enough to go on several mile runs in that area. So I didn't feel unsafe. I felt more so welcome. I think the thing I was scared most about was the baboons. Yeah, getting eaten by an animal while you're, yeah. like, while you're looking like a prey, like a prey animal. Yeah. There was yeah. one time where I was on a run and there was a, I don't know what the groups are called, a swarm uh, herd. <laughs> But there were probably 15 to 20 different baboons that had crossed the road in front of me on my run, and they all looked at me while they were crossing. And it was very, very intimidating. And I had to come back through that same area, and they were all kind of hanging out on the other side of the road now. And I was like, I'm just going to get through here fast, and hopefully they don't chase me. So they were waiting for you. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> for people listening, it's want... called, called fast food. Oh, okay. <laughs> For, for people listening, yeah. if you take anything away from this podcast about travel safety, it's do not go for a run while there are rabid baboons around. Hey, I did that multiple times. Yeah. Um, uh, Leah, do you have, do you have, do you consider safety uh, before you go? And are you a planner or do you kind of deal with it on the fly? I am a planner, but I'm still very flexible. So as Ariel was saying earlier, when I go on a date in the U.S., I tell six people where I'm going. Because like this, I'm like, well, yeah. this is morbid, but I'm like, if this is the last time you see me, just know that this is where we were on a date. This is who I was with, et cetera, especially a first date. So you mm. can bet that 
before I leave, I'm doing those same kinds of precautions for wherever I'm going. So if I'm traveling internationally and I'm going to be off the grid for a couple of days, I'll tell a few people and I'll tell like people in my A circle, my B circle and my family so that it's like different people that know. I'll send them the itinerary. Um, I usually use social media to like check in every once in a while. I don't know. I'm very active on it. So like, if you haven't heard from me in a long time, it means I'm off the grid, but people are always knowing kind of where I am at all times. And I do that on purpose so that if anything happens, it's like, well, let's check and see like where she was last. But yeah, I right. consider a lot of, a lot of safety. Like I don't carry a lot of cash on me. Um, when I'm walking around, I have gone down a billion dark alleys. Do not be like me because I'm just like, I want to get home <laughs> when I'm in another country, but don't do that. And I always just count on myself to be able to like run fast if something happens, which is not smart, but usually it's like four in the morning and I'm like, I just want to get home and this is the fastest way, but it's like, I can't call a taxi because I don't want to pay for it. Silly me. Um, <laughs> like me. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that guys. But, um, I, I definitely have a guard up a lot and I hate it because it makes me feel comfortable, but I know that I need it as a woman traveling solo, which I do all the time. Like Ariel, I don't wait for anybody. Yeah. Like, it, like I started traveling so much when I was in college, cause I was like, all right, I want to go out and see the world. And I mean, as a college student, it's not like we're just, we have money to travel like that. And that's the whole reason, you know, I started the blog and everything. It's to travel frequently and affordably. And still, even with that, people would often be like, oh yeah, I'm in. And then like drop out. So yeah, you got to go for it on your own. Um, even like what you were saying, I'm like a planner, but I also go with the flow once I'm like in my destination finally. Um, so like to your factor, like I look up, I research how safe a country is, um, you know, before traveling there. Um, and then I look up how women are treated in that certain country. But then even to go along with the guys, like I also have to see how black people are treated in that, com in that country before, like as prior research before going yeah. to a country. So, I mean, those are, it's extra factors that I have to put in being a black female that right. travels solo. So it's, it's, um, it's not like it's impossible. I know a ton of black female solo travelers. Um, and so it's just, you know, being prepared, being prepared. I will say I travel frequently through Central and South America and Southeast Asia, and I don't look Latina, but I can speak Spanish and I have dark features. So I pass off at first glance as a Latina, but people have to double take and say, oh no, she's a green, she, they start hearing me. She's, she's a gringa <laughs> and she's Asian. And then when I'm going through Southeast Asia, I look Asian. So I right. will say I have never stood, I haven't like, unless I'm going to Europe somewhere where people don't look like me, I don't stand out that much in the places that I frequent. So that's also why I kind of feel okay. Cause I'm like, well, I can speak Spanish and get myself out of a situation. And when I'm in Asia, I'm like, I look Asian. So no one's going to like kind of uh, pin me for anything or like think I'm sus. Right. So right. I hate that I have to so think like, like that, but I just, I don't stick out in the places that I travel a ton to. So. And that's true. Like if, when I'm in the Caribbean, I blend in. You don't know until, um, you know, like I open my mouth and I'm speaking to you exactly like what you were saying. Like then they're going to say you're, you know, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Like when, when I'm in Peru, when I was in Peru, I was, you know, the only black girl for miles in miles. <laughs> so, you know, and I had braids in. So then that's like when I was in China, I was like, it's it's very interesting being black in China. <laughs> so. 
I don't I don't know, but for some reason everybody knows that I'm American. Like they can see me <laughs> from a distance time. and be like, it's it's American. <laughs> oh, big black American. Probably how you dress. Yeah, they like American. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the, uh, was it Ortiz that is the Boston baseball player? The Red Sox? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Big Poppy? Yeah, because there, I think, I think all, there is, there was a trope for Japanese and Chinese people that every time they saw a big black guy, they would think it was David Ortiz. Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that. Because Japan is very, loves baseball. And I think they were a big fan of David Ortiz. I've been confused for hip hop artists, baseball, yeah. <laughs> movie stars. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's like it's, everyone. It's like, oh, you, know you know Jay Z, right? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. You know oh, come in, come in, Jay Z. Oh, you know Jay Z. Come on. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm cool. I've definitely gotten treated like I've gotten like royal treatment in a lot of ways, or like that celebrity status treatment. From being in other countries and them thinking I'm somebody else. Movies are these typically Asian countries. No, actually, it started with European countries for me. Uh, In Japan, I don't think I, I got a lot of people that wanted to take pictures with me, but there was never a, it was never a like, oh, let's open these doors to you all, Uh, because there's multiple places in Japan where they're like, Americans can't come in, Uh, white, black, it doesn't matter, you're not coming in, so. Uh, but definitely in Europe. I got that a lot in Europe. Um, yeah. <laughs> huh. Also add drug dealers <laughs> to that, uh, that, that list as well. In Norway, I was in Oslo. They thought I was a drug dealer. Like, oh, drug dealer, hip hop star. Come on in, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> in, in Norway? I like how they said drug dealer, hip hop star. Yeah. Come on in. <laughs> I got that a lot. Come on too. in. Yo, he's a big guy. He's. Yeah, he's a, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, free, right? Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, I'm like, yeah, okay, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Especially just sometimes my, my Phillyisms come out, like, yo, what's up, man? Like, yo, like, oh, he said, yo, yo, what's up? Definitely, man. Come on, come on, come on. Like, all right, all right. <laughs> That's funny. weird. So getting back to uh, safety a little bit and, and stepping away from, um, gender and race, I want to get into maybe travel insurance a little bit and injuries and how some of you may have dealt with injuries. Do you book travel insurance, things like that? So if anybody wants to, to pick that up, Jeff, I saw you nodding your head a little bit, Leah, too, if you, either of you want to pick that up. You want to know something? I, I, I never, I never used to get travel insurance at first. Uh, I don't know. I thought I was resilient and nothing was going to happen to me because I had been traveling like I've been 30 plus countries at this time, but it wasn't until I was in Thailand and um, some guy like passed out right in front of us. And it was like super late at night. The lady came up to him and was like, do you have travel insurance? Cause she was like, if I take, if we take him right now, it's going to cost him $1,200 if he doesn't have travel insurance. So I said, mm, you know what? Let me look at this travel insurance. I literally <laughs> bought it that night uh online and it was, i mean it was very cheap but it was like hey i don't want to be like this guy pass out like have a situation to where uh i need to go in and and then get hit with like this crazy bill uh yeah. so now it's like just worth it and then i fell off uh a moped um i got a body burn not yeah and so that's where your skin comes off because you fell on the ground 
did he call it a um, Bali burn? Like Bali, the country? Or it, yeah, I was Maryland? in Bali. Yeah, yeah, I was in Bali at the time. Yeah. So yeah, it was a Bali burn. So uh, or a Bali tattoo. Um, <laughs> I know somebody who, who got into an accident in Bali too. I don't know. Is that yeah, common, so I guess? I, it is. People, and somebody had just told me to put on, like I watched a YouTube video right before and it was like, you know what? You should wear a helmet. And I was like, I'm going to wear a helmet. And thank God I did because five minutes on that bike I fell and literally took off like skin on the front part of my leg so uh. so yeah and then having that insurance it was only 50 bucks uh but they like took care of it bandaged it all up so i only paid 25 dollars on top of the 54 the insurance that i had do you remember who you used <laughs> world nomads at that time what was it called World nomads. World nomads. World nomads. Okay. Yeah, we've heard that one before. So, a lot of credit cards have not necessarily insurance policies, but ways to get money back for travel-related things, but not necessarily health items. So, is travel insurance really only designated to health items, or is it for getting money back if you have to cancel a trip, or if you end up having to stay in the country a little longer and you have to cancel a flight on the return home? So I live by the rule, if you cannot afford travel insurance, you cannot afford to travel. So I always have travel insurance for every trip I go to. Um, the ones in the U.S. I don't because we have like the healthcare here. Mm -hmm. But I use World Nomads too, like Jeff does. To be honest, it is premium and it doesn't cover everything. So I think if you do a little bit more research, you can actually find something that's more comprehensive and quite a bit cheaper. But World Nomads has such a a brand built around it and it's really easy like the ui is really easy it's like click 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 all right i'll purchase um but oh my god i totally forgot the question i was just going into world <laughs> <laughs> is it is it only for health or is it for oh. is it for other purchases right so world nomads covers up to you know x amount when um say like dental procedures health procedures whatnot but it also covers like if you needed to be grabbed out of a country what's it called like expatriators next no, um yeah when you need to be like when they need to grab you out of a country in an emergency like there's a natural disaster etc or yeah canceled missed flight or not a missed flight because that's your fault but like a canceled flight like that's out of your circumstances lost luggage uh rental vehicle accidents bike accidents um, depending on whatever plan you buy, it'll cover up to X amount. And on my podcast, Ticket to Anywhere, we did um, episode nine was all about travel insurance as well, because my co-host doesn't use it. And I'm, she's like, you use it for every trip. I'm like, every trip. But I also have pre-existing, um, I have like torn ACLs, torn ligaments, which okay. travel insurance doesn't cover pre-existing conditions. So I don't think I'd be covered. Luckily, I've never had to, I've never had to tap into my travel insurance, knock on wood. Um, but it wouldn't cover something like that because I've had knee injuries for like 15 years. Now, if this was a new thing that happened while I was traveling Machu Picchu, it probably would be covered if I had to go to the hospital for it or if I had to go to the doctor for it. And it seems like a lot of a lot of countries outside the U.S. that we tend to travel to, like South America, Central America and Western Europe and even Southeast Asia. Some of those countries have their own socialized health care. And in some cases, it's actually, if you get injured there without insurance, you still almost pay nothing. And it seems more important for people that are traveling, not from the U.S. to the U.S., that it'd be more important for them to get health travel insurance. 
because if you get injured in the U.S. and you do not have travel insurance, you are going to be paying a lot. There's a whole travel market. Hey, Bob, what is it called? Medical tourism? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, where people, even doctors in the U.S. will actually pay their patients to go to Mexico to get a knee replacement because it is cheaper for them to go to Mexico and get the knee replacement, including the travel and the procedure, than it is to get it done in the United States. I've done it myself. Had my wisdom teeth pulled out in Chile by a Cuban doctor. It was just too expensive here in the States. I had them do the x-rays. I said, oh, thanks. It's like, when are you getting the operation done? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll be back for that. Got on my flight, went to Santiago. I said, hey, honey, I need my wisdom teeth. Uh, oh, the doctor, he's Cuban. Cuban? Perfect, excelente. Yeah, right. I showed it to him. I said, this, this, this. I got drunk. <laughs> Horrible idea. Don't get drunk if you want someone to pull out your wisdom teeth because it made the whole experience much worse and he made a lot of bad jokes at my experience. All right, so <laughs> how much with, with the cost of going to Santiago and the cost of the wisdom teeth, how much did you actually save compared to getting it done in the United States? I saved $800. So you got to go to Chile well, for I a got trip. It. And I like I was staying with my girlfriend at the time because I was always coming back and forth. So it was just like, gonna. I was like, I need this teeth pulled out. They took me down to uh, I forgot the name of the station, but they took me to the office. I said, it's like, okay, let's do an X-ray. I said, guess what, buddy? I've got the X-rays. That one, that one, that one, that one. Like, no problem. Like, can you come back next Wednesday? Do you need Novocaine and stuff? It's like, buddy, I'm just gonna get. Well, yeah, okay, give me some Novocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Got drunk. I'm tipsy. Come in. Took a long time, but yeah, they like my my teeth were impacted, so they were in the gum. Uh, yeah. So it took like a really long time, but I saved so much more money as to like having it done in the states. I was like, perfect. When I'm hurt or something really bad, I'll say just put, that's my like insurance plan. Say if I'm ever hurt really bad, get me on a plane to Chile and let them take care of me. I'd rather <laughs> get there than play a lot of money here. So right, that's and, my and, plan. And a lot of people, for some reason, in the United States, because we Oh, people tend to just think we have to do everything better than everybody else, um, that doctors in other countries are not going to be as good. And that's just not true. And people just need to realize that there are good doctors all over the world. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, okay, like you can, you can, you can do that. Yeah. The U S is, I think ranked like 20 in the twenties for national healthcare, like national health of its people were in the twenties and we pay twice as much as the second highest person per capita for health. Doesn't make sense. Like, no, I didn't realize no. people went out the country to do like mm -hmm. needed medical procedures. Like yeah. I knew it was very common to go out the oh, country needed. for cosmetic procedures, but I didn't realize to do like a knee replacement or like yeah. wisdom teeth. Yeah. People have gotten, like, cosmetic wealthy, teeth stuff done. A lot of wealthy people do it. Yeah. Uh, well, which is even the most crazy part is like, even they the can afford it. Are the yeah. ones? Yes, they're yeah. leaving to go get it done somewhere else. Which right. is people who live who live on the northern border of the United States, close to Canada, right? Don't yeah. they go in there? I mean, I don't know anybody personally, but I have I have read that that's somewhat common practice. Um, but so so going back to travel insurance, a few things that I just want to touch up on. If anybody wants to add anything, you can look at your credit card if you if you have one of those travel points credit cards. A lot of times you are automatically enrolled in some sort of travel insurance program through the credit card company if you book travel through that card. I know Chase is a big one for that. You can also look to your employer. Sometimes employers offer travel insurance 
as part of their insurance policy, something else to, to pay attention to. And um, I think I think that's that's it. I just wanted to bring attention to those two things. I don't know if anybody has yeah. personal experience yeah. using either of those. I, I have. I've used uh, my Chase Sapphire reserve card. Um, and it's interesting because, I mean, their insurance, insurance doesn't want to pay out. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like they, they will do everything they can not to pay out. So I do, even with Chase, I would keep in mind that they are very uh, meticulous about the circumstances. Like it's almost like this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen before we actually even want to pay for it. So it, it was definitely interesting going through their process on time. Something, a piece of advice, and this was given to me uh, by someone else. You know, at the end of the day, when you file your insurance claim, if you were cliff diving and you need to file this claim, if the people at the insurance company didn't see you cliff diving, you didn't, you were not cliff diving. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, (laughs) off off the record. I think this is is recorded. Oh, 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 it is? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you just need to grab everyone's GoPro footage and be like, "This is the proof." Because you have to submit all of that. You have to re- submit receipts, all that good stuff. Yeah. I'm actually going to Mexico oh. next month, and I, um, oh, I bought too. like the I bought Alliance insurance like to cover the flight, and then I bought World Nomads on top of that. So I'm okay. like, "All right, I'm double protected now. Come on." Yeah. Usually my rule of like, I've only gotten travel insurance twice. It was when I went to China and I was there for like two weeks. And when I went to Peru and I was there for a month, I think the way I usually go with it is if I'm going to be there for a long period of time, that's when I feel like I really need it. Cause I guess I'm thinking like there's more time for shit to hit the fan, I guess, or something to happen, <laughs> yeah. you know, opposed to like a three day trip to like Jamaica or something. Like I'm not as, you know, right. That's, well, I'm, that's the I'm only going, time I've gotten it. I'm going for a bachelorette. And so I think it might get a little rowdy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, for me, <laughs> when you mentioned I, it, I was like, maybe I should, cause it's definitely a girl's trip. And I'm like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I was like, mm, cause if you, you're standing on a pool wall, like at the infinity pool and you have a drink in your hand, you slip off. You might want travel insurance like that. I always think it's so morbid, but I think I'm like, right. Can like, you what not? Could happen? <laughs> I know. What could happen? But I Bob, have unstable knees. So. Bob, tell us tell us your experience in uh, Croatia when you oh. fell off that wall. Oh god! Oh yeah, I, I mean I have a few experiences. I, do I have to? It's not that crazy, but um, I had the yeah, idea. I you, would you have gone to the hospital if you had insurance? No, okay. no, I'm the type of guy that would have like just been like, no, I'll just you know I'll deal with it or I'll bleed out and die. It's one or the other. I'm exactly um, like it's, that. It's a I, I, I had the idea to climb this wall in Croatia because I don't even know why I was very drunk. That, that's, that's my reason because I was drunk and I was with, I was with Canadians. I was, we were drinking with Canadians and we were out with them and I climbed this wall and then I slipped and I fell into this bush with um, several inch long spikes and I looked like I was attacked by a porcupine. I still have some scars on my arm. I had all these spikes just sticking out of my arm and I, we had to sit there and pull them all out. And I was so drunk, you know, the, 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 the blood, the alcohol thins your blood. I bled everywhere. And, uh, that was my honeymoon. <laughs> that was it. So, it was, so good. Anniversary. It's what? 
You do that every year for your anniversary? Yeah, I jump into a bush of, of spikes. Oh. Yes. No. Oh, yeah. but, it's but, acupuncture. When I was that same trip, we did a boat tour. And when we came back from the boat tour, we were all getting off the boat. And one of the guys was stepping um, from the boat to the dock. And, you know, the boat kind of drifts away a little bit and the gap widened as he was stepping off. He slipped, fell into the water on rocks and had a bunch of sea urchins stab him like all over his legs. And oh, so my God, that was serious because there's a, a venom or a poison oh, yeah, yeah. to them, too. And so he and we were on the island of Havar. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Croatia, but it's like this tiny little island, not a lot of infrastructure. They do have a little hospital there, but they struggled to take care of him. They sent him back to Dubrovnik to deal with it. I don't, he was a Canadian too. He was not too, yeah, he was a Canadian. Um, and I don't know if he had a travel insurance. I didn't talk to him, but that was a trip where I realized that it was a thing. But being a young guy, I never did it. And then I was actually supposed to be leaving for Italy today. And I did have travel insurance. The thing that spurred that for me was that I had a daughter. And now I'm like, okay, mm. time to be a responsible uh, human being and that sort of got me invested in looking at the travel insurance more yeah well bob you recall so, last year last year i was supposed to go to iceland and we i was going to be traveling with my mom and my sister and my wife and my mom at the time was she had ovarian cancer so we still had travel insurance in case anything went wrong while we were traveling but uh, about two weeks before we traveled, I ended up getting a collapsed lung and wasn't able to travel for 30 days. I wasn't able to fly for 30 days. And so we ended up not going on the trip at all. And because it was so close to the time, we missed like the refund period for the flights. So I used, I think I had bought the most everything from the tours to the flights to the Airbnbs with an American Express card. And... I was actually able to reach out to American Express and just start the refund process because I didn't think the flights would be refundable. But then I reached out to the flight company and ended up getting it fully refunded, every single aspect of the trip fully refunded without having to go through the credit card company, which was really nice. But I knew that there was an option with my credit card. Yeah. So I want to sort of summarize some of the tips that we provided today, just to just to kind of list them out and make them very clear. And if anybody has anything to add to any of them, just let me know. But some of the things that we covered were, you know, carry limited cash. Lee, I think you said that. I think it's a great one. Um, I highly recommend it. Keep the credit card to be able to tap into the cash, but don't walk around with all your money that you have saved for the entire trip. Just that is never a good thing to do. Don't carry too much money, no matter where you are at any point in your life. Just general rule. Small yeah. bills. <laughs> also, can I pipe in on that? I met yeah. a girl who only brought one card. She was in the Philippines for three weeks. She brought one card with her, so to loan her money. So, like, carry more than one card with you when you like travel yes. in general. Huh. <laughs> Very odd. This card. There's times where, uh, like, one bank would turn off something. They was like, "Hey, whoa, what's going on?" Even after <laughs> making notifications to them, they were like, "Oh, wait, mm-hmm. time out." Yeah. Because, yeah. like, sometimes, like, there's times where I've made, like, multiple purchases back-to-back with the card. And just for me being in another country, they'd just be like, all right, we're timing out this card. And I and then you have to, I was like, what would I have done if I didn't have another card on me? So, yeah. yeah. To, to piggyback on those two points, make sure, you should probably consider getting data plans for any cell phone you have. 
I know there are several options out there that are pretty cheap and you pay by your megabytes used. And if you have a card canceled, you can at least go online to reactivate your card or get another one. And if you're in a fairly first world country, most places are starting to accept Google or Apple payments from your phone. So if you have that data, it's pretty easy. And then you have that resource to check other things or get in contact with someone else. Yeah, and when bringing more than one card, they my thing is I always bring um, different types. So I like to use yeah. an Amax most of the time, but then there are some countries or some restaurants, there's even some places in the States I don't take Amax. Yeah. So then bring like a Visa or a MasterCard, like have them be different kinds of cards. Mm -hmm. um, and then with keeping um, not too much cash on you, I always make sure to have small bills on you as well. Yeah, Visa is, is definitely the go-to. I always, uh, it, it hasn't been almost anywhere other than China. And there's another couple of countries that just don't take visas at all. Like, or mm. is, if it is visa, it's their kind of visa. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. Cuba doesn't take visa. Is that an accurate assumption? I've yet to go. I think I'm Cuba's only cash. I just right. went to a presentation on it. It's like cash only for everything. Right. right. Only wow. cash, and there's two types of cash cash yeah. for tourists, yeah. cash for locals. So, yeah. And if you're able to if you're able to get in as a local if you find the right people, it's actually cheaper. Right, gonna, the gringo tax. Yeah. <laughs> like a gringo pricing structure. Yeah, yep. it is. I'm gonna keep going down the list, but anybody stop me at any point if they want to elaborate. So I have travel in groups. Obviously, I think for obvious reasons it, it can be beneficial to your safety. I have don't drink. Well, Bob, I, I wanna spikes in your arms if you don't yeah. drink. No, it, it does. It makes it safer, but it also makes it less fun. But right. the traveling groups, the traveling groups is an interesting one because I think there are two sides to it. Traveling groups, yeah, you are safer as a group, but when you travel in groups, you're also easier to spot that you're a tourist and can be targeted as such. Well, which one is which? The lesser of two evils, I think, traveling in groups and and being identified as a being tourist is still safer than being alone. I, I, that's, mm. that's my opinion. Yeah. I'll give you that one. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Well, like Ariel and I, you know, we tell people where we're going beforehand, but I'm massive, right. like biggest advocate for hostels. Even in hostels, when you can't go out in a group, I'll go out on my own to get food or something. I'll usually tell someone in the dorm or the front desk, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to go grab food. Like, I don't know when I'll be back, a few hours, whatever. So that at least one person knows where I am at all times, no matter like who it is. But um, there's a lot of times where I just can't or don't travel in a group. But, um, but I am staying in a social situation. So I usually right. let people know, like, this is what I'm going to go do. And just communicating where you are with friends and family and, yeah, whoever you can. Um, yeah. I want to take a, a quick side tangent here because for the longest time, I never told anyone where I was going, if I was going on a hike, a bike ride, and if it was long. Ketchler is with me on this. And there, this has never happened to me. I have... I have injured myself multiple times while on these adventures, but nothing that I couldn't get home. But the the movie 127 hours. 127 hours. That's what I'll just want to say, buddy. Scared the living crap out of me, and because uh, I've I've been in, I've realized I could easily get into one of those situations, and not telling anybody where I am is just dumb. I I would never tell um, 
I tell everyone now. I I used to not tell Marlia, my wife, uh, where if I was hiking, like something that I thought might be slightly dangerous, because I would be like, you know, if I don't tell her, she's if I tell her, she's gonna worry. And it's just a quick hike, and I'll be right, you know, up and back. And then one time I was hiking in Utah in the winter time, and I was going up this incredibly narrow path, like maybe two feet wide, and it was covered in ice. And I really wanted to reach the summit, and I kept going and going and going, and eventually got to a point where it was so slippery that I could no longer stand up on the path. And I had to drop to my butt and slide down the icy rocks to make it back down to a safe that level that was safe. And at that, that was like a turning point in my life, in my hiking life, where I never took, uh, I, I didn't take my safety for granted while hiking alone. And I made it a point to tell people what I was doing. Don't do it. Don't, don't make that mistake. If you're listening to this, don't make that mistake. We're learning a lot from you, Bob, from everything that you've done and yeah. tested. We're learning yeah. what not to do. There you go. And that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to keep going. So check the state.gov website. I know it's something that I use. I don't know if anybody else here uses it, but they do have good information on local laws and social norms. They have information on whether or not they the the culture you're going to visit is kind towards people of different race different gender different uh, sexual orientation and things like that so for maybe a, a country that isn't you can get some information on that and and plan better for yeah. you and and with that they do have a really they have an interactive map that actually color codes all of the different travel advisories for different countries and gives information on why the travel advisory is as it is so another thing that I like to do, I copy, I take pictures of my passport, my personal documentation, and then I email it to myself. And then I email it, I CC like my mom and whoever might be staying in the United States, not coming on the trip, so that if I need to access that, I can just get to a computer or go on my phone and I have it in my email account to show somebody and you could print it out, whatever it may be, if you do lose your passport or you know any sort of personal documentation. I do always take yep. printed copies of my passport. Same. I take like two and I put them in different places, like in mm -hmm. my luggage. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you yeah, actually same. print yours out. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, I print mine. I do too. I do I think my really get smart that, too, smart. but I put yeah. like two copies of it. Same. I do it with my driver's license also because I don't, when I go, like I leave the hotel or the hostel, or the Airbnb, I don't bring my passport with me. I bring my license, still a right. form of identification. So. Yeah. And then one of the last things I have is just to have the embassy information saved somewhere in your phone, in your email, whatever it may be. Just know the location, the address, the phone mm -hmm. number. Um, and then, Ariel, what you said, sending them your itinerary. I think that's amazing. If you're, especially if you're traveling solo to a country that doesn't have it, the tourist infrastructure that, you know, Italy may have, which is like, you know, revolving around tourism. If you're going to a country that's a little bit off the beaten path, I think that's incredibly it should be priority send your send your itinerary to them and let them know that you're going to be traveling through their country yeah i have so. another little tip to add to that if you're staying alone in yeah. like a hotel hostel it, you might not be able to do it for an airbnb especially if you don't speak the language of the local country take a couple business cards so if you're in a taxi and you can't speak that language or you don't know where you are in google maps they can't read your google maps you can just show them the business card of where you're staying that's Ooh. smart. That's really yeah. smart. That's very write smart. it down on a piece of paper or something because yeah, you'll run house. into a language barrier or your map's not working. This mm -hmm. would be useful. Yeah, the house that I stayed in in Peru, one of them, that's they had it like at the front door. It's like an index card with their address on the back. It was literally like a map and it showed where the house was. And I did run into an incident where 
um, we weren't connecting very well. And I just handed him the card and he was like, okay, it got me right there. So yeah, no, that's, that is a really good tip. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. Elliot, are you ready for your, your hoorah question? So, uh, for those listening and for, for you guys, Elliot has this question that sort of summarizes the trip. I feel like we need like a, like a radio jockey sort of, um, yeah, we do. Elliot, two rock question of the day. Um, <laughs> Elliot, what do you have for us today? So we've talked a lot about safety in travel, but when we think about travel itself, getting from point A to point B, what is the safest form of travel that you prefer to take, whether it be car, train, Uber, taxi, plane, boat? Who wants to go first, Elliot? Who are you directing that to? I am directing it to Leah. Are you talking about in between countries or like between cities in a country? Both. Both. Um, I'm a big fan of public transportation. I always take public transportation and I I love how you can get on a bus and tell a driver, hey, I'm not, you know, this is where I'm going. And they're like, yeah, I'll let you know where it is when. What stop um, it is. What, what stop it is. I'll be like, here, there it is. There it is. Um, as far as going like in between countries or long destinations, I've plane because that's the easiest way to get statistically to i feel like that's the safest yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah even though i mean a lot of people do prefer i think they like the idea of being on a boat because you're on you know a surface a ground level and you can't fall to your death like if a plane if a plane's going down you're not there's a good chance you're not going to survive but if a boat's going down you got lifeboats right right Right. And I mean, that goes into the whole another thing of like sustainability. Like, are you willing to take a long ferry ride as opposed to like a short plane ride if you want to be better for the environment? You know, a whole another episode, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ariel. Good, good idea. Um, I also like public transportation when I'm in another country. It's also usually super cheap. Um, and yeah, like the same thing, like I'll, I can get on, be like, I need to go to this whatever location and whoever is manning that, you know, the bus will be like, oh, this is the best stop for you. I've been, I've gone on the wrong bus before. I literally went on the wrong bus <laughs> in Peru, went all the way to the last stop. And they're like, you have to get off. Like, and I was like, this isn't where I need to be. And they basically took me on the whole route back again to the right stop. So in my instance, like, <laughs> it was very helpful. And I was like on Google Translate, like it was a, it was a scene, but like, <laughs> they were very, very nice about it. Um, and I've been on a wrong bus there again, and they just took me to a stop. I told him where I was trying to go, and he basically told me the closest stop to where I wanted to go. It wasn't the same bus I usually would take, um, and it, it just added, like, an extra block of a walk for me. So, um, yeah, because, I mean, and then on a bus, it's public, like, there's more people, so it's not like you're trapped in a car and you don't know where you're heading, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, as I'm definitely a big person on flying as opposed to cruises, I'll take a flight way faster than I'll take a cruise. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> uh, definitely flying, um, hands down. I just the convenience of it, yeah. and like you said, it's statistically safer than any other one. Yeah. Um, and what about intercity? Oh yeah, all day. Uh, well, it it depends on how I feel. I I prefer um, public transportation, but I've definitely taken Uber or whatever Ubers 
uh, whatever that country's Uber is, I take that. Whatever their ride share is, I take that too. Do you do you prefer ride share over like a taxi service? Oh yeah, I've never. Yeah, I don't do taxis at all. They now that's, if you want price gouging, that's where uh, you definitely get that from international taxi drivers a lot of times. So, hmm. especially when they find out I'm American, everybody thinks I'm I'm wealthy every time I go somewhere. So, um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do they have the meters, or is it one of those countries where you have to negotiate the price before? (laughs) Yeah, some of them. That's the other one. I'm not a big negotiator, so. Yeah, I love negotiating. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big (laughs) negotiator. Yeah, my man, how much is it going to cost me? How much is it going to cost me? And I'll talk to the concierge, like, I'm trying to get from here to here. How much is that supposed to cost me? Okay, now I know. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Sure, that might be a Philly thing because I'm right there with you. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go back and forth. Yeah. Like, no, I love, yeah, no, I'll definitely negotiate. Yes. I, me too. Like, Let's go. <laughs> right. I love it. Like, in other countries, Uber and Lyft may, is usually more expensive than taking a taxi, even if they tax you. Mm. So, like, as long, mm. but what you said um, about asking the concierge, that's like a good route to go because then you know an estimate of what a local would pay for that. So you know when they're overcharging you because you're a foreigner. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I, but Jeff, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not a huge fan of bartering. I would prefer to know the exact price. So having Keschler's number gives me that peace of mind by saying, no, I'm paying for this at this price, you can take me or I'll find someone else. Yeah. I am kind of going to, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. I would pick Uber and Lyft. I mean, if, if in terms of safety, I think that uh, knowing my driver, having his license plate information, seeing his face, knowing the car, and then being able to follow the route and making sure that the driver's staying on route completely in terms of safety, to me is the best way to go. I mean, I know it's typically more expensive and things like that, but if if that was my major concern, I would I, I would have to go with Uber and Lyft for me. Yeah. yeah. I do so international travel is definitely flying for me. I in the cities, it's going to be either between public transportation like the metro or the bus or after that it would be taking an Uber or Lyft or rideshare equivalent. But I do have a funny story. So my wife's first time traveling internationally, and she's not going to hate me for saying this because she also thinks it's funny, but she was meeting a friend in Copenhagen and she landed. She's not, she doesn't speak Danish. She doesn't read Danish, but she knew that she had to get on the Metro to get to the stop where she was staying. But when she got off the plane, she got on the train, not the Metro. And she didn't know there was a difference. So she (laughs) took the train probably way too far, then got off and realized that she wasn't going the right way. And then she ended up asking someone. And of course, most people speak English. And she was like, is this is this the metro stop is like, is this take me in the city? And the woman that she spoke with looked at her like she was a complete imbecile because she's like, yeah, that's it. How uh, you you must be American because it says Metro right there <laughs> because you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, she it took her it took her about two hours to go thirty minutes. Oh, wow. I've been there yeah. before. Oh yeah, 
That's another that tally, though, for, for Uber and Lyft. It makes it yeah. easier. So as, if, if money is in a major concern for you and you have the funds to spend a little bit extra on transportation, I think uh, that's that's why I go with it. Yeah. But the thing is, like, she she was tra- trying to travel as cheaply as possible. So right. she didn't get an international data plan. So whenever she was trying to find out where she was supposed to go, if she was at the metro station versus the train station, she kept on trying to find these free Wi-Fi hotspots and couldn't. And oh. like she would connect to the Wi-Fi and then it like wouldn't load. But then she was like, is this Wi-Fi safe if I put in the right. information I'm going on? So I think the lesson learned there is get international data and know where yeah. you're going ahead of time. Do you guys use Maps.me? Oh. I think we're about to say the same thing. Maps.me? Oh, no, but I do know that. <laughs> it's like offline maps. It works without data. Yeah. It's incredible. Okay. Yeah. Google Maps really Google Maps has offline downloads. I can never get Google Maps to work for me. Okay. And it, what is it called? Maps.me? Only thing maps. that works for me abroad. Okay. What is it, Ariel? Google Maps is like the only thing that I can guarantee will work for me out for, of the country. Like it right. always works. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, yeah. But as far as what you, so your much. point with um, saying like you don't know, like you like using Uber because you can track the the route or whatever. If you have like a Maps on me or your Google Maps, you can still track where you're yeah. going to. If you know um, where you're going, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so oh, then if they do take a wrong turn, I mean, if you do need to do a quick tuck and roll out the taxi, like, <laughs> hey. I always option. think but, of that. I'm I like, mean, okay, how am I going to get out of here if I need to get out of here? Is yeah. That's so, another okay. woman's safety thing. Like, so do you always bring yeah, a leather no, jacket like, you have to, make sure, to like, prevent the Bali burns? Burn, I'm ready to get a Bali burn if, I, if it need, means saving the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's honestly things we have to think about like we have to make it sure is. the child lock isn't locked in the back yeah, seat no like, i always do that Uber. i'm always like, like uh, is the window open like in case i need to yell like it's oh, so see, I, yeah it's it's interesting yeah. that's one thing that i've learned about this conversation is just the perspective <laughs> of women versus men and elliot do you remember when we were going back to the airport in lima and he asked like hey do you mind if i take this quicker route and we were like yeah sure take the quicker route why not and we went through like an incredibly bad neighborhood of, of Lima. horrible very, very bad. And I'm just, and I, I was sitting behind him. I'm like, am I going to have to choke this dude out? Like, where are we going? Like, I was in a good position. I was right behind him. I wish on that one now, brother. So, yeah. That's really right there. Where was he taking us? And it ended up, I mean, obviously, he was he was doing us a favor. But you, you do never know. And if I was a woman traveling alone and I didn't have the physical capability to choke a guy out, I would be pretty concerned so keys in the keys between the fingers yeah. all the time any sharp object between the fingers like ready to run ready to tuck and roll have you guys taken self-defense courses to make yourselves feel more comfortable with traveling no but i would no i okay. i'm the same yeah i need to okay right i've thought about yet. it multiple times haven't yet yeah we've been thinking about it a lot but <laughs> <laughs> another, haven't, uh, another hack is there's like this really easy um like door lock that you can put in your like hotel door, your hostel uh, yeah. door, your Airbnb. Um, they're really cheap on Amazon, but it that also gives you a sense of security, even if you think it's like flimsy, but it's a really quick, like it sli- slides in between the door and the frame. And there's like another ah. piece that goes on top. And so it just acts as like a second lock. So if you're staying somewhere by yourself, that's also another thing to um, have that, you know, will make you feel a little bit more secure. 
there's so much gear for women to like protect themselves. We're in, I'm in so many like women travel Facebook groups and people are always like, get this, get this, get this. And it's so sad. Like the amount of money we have to spend to protect ourselves in case anything happens is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a ton today. Yeah. 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 I, I learned a ton. I, this conversation has been incredible. Um, we covered everything from traveling as a woman, different race, to getting into travel insurance and ways that you can be more prepared for uh, for traveling abroad, taking safety into consideration, whether it's through the embassy, understanding the social norms of the city. So I, it, it was a great conversation today. So if you're listening to this, be sure to not only subscribe to the Traveler's Blueprint on YouTube or Instagram, I'm, I'm sorry, Facebook, I'm sorry podcast the podcast platform but be sure to check out each of our guests they all create their own uh travel content in their own way thank you everybody for contributing to this conversation today i really appreciate your time appreciate you thank, thank you. y'all for having us